Come on, good morning, Oaks Church. Is anybody excited to be here this morning? Come on, I am. I'm excited to be here. I'm excited. It's nice outside. We're on the bayou. It's beautiful. Everybody looks good this morning. Uh, I'm, I'm excited. We just had a great worship service, but, but I'm not just excited about because of all those other things, but I'm excited because of what we just got done singing about. You know, I'm glad to know the Lord. I'm glad that he's on my side. Is there anybody that's thankful this morning? Come on. We just got done singing about the same God. Is anybody thankful that we worship a same God? Come on. If he's done it, before, he, uh, done it for you before, he's going to do it again, right? I'm excited. I'm, I, I'm a living, breathing example of worshiping a same God because he has been faithful to me before. Even times when I've been faithless, he's been faithful. And I'm here to tell you this morning that we worship a same God and we should just give him some praise right there. feel like my wife did a good job. She did a, she did a, a bang-up job on that song. I can't even remember what it was called, but uh, man, it was good. I'm so glad I met you. I am. I am so glad that I met her and the Lord. God, he's always faithful to us. Even when people or, or things fail us, he's faithful. And I'm so excited about that. Um, Man, it's been a long time since I've been given an opportunity to stand up in a setting like this and be able to, to, to just speak freely. It's, it's been over five years, and I'm just, uh, I'm so thankful. Uh, I'm honored. I'm humbled. Um, there are so many things that I want to say in this moment, and there's so many people that I want to call out and give honor to and highlight, and uh, I, I feel like I could be here all day. So I'm just going to try to stick to my, to my notes, and I uh, just want to thank Pastor Chad and the staff and the, the, uh, the board of, of just letting me get up here and share my heart, heart for a moment. Um, you can go ahead and open up your Bibles to, or your Bible apps to 2 Corinthians chapter 1, 2 Corinthians chapter 1. This morning, I want to talk to you about something that, that has been a, a staple in my life. And it's been something that when I've chosen to hold on to it, it has always brought me through. And I say I've, when I've chosen to hold on to it, because how many know that when, when, the, the, when the pressures of life come on, spiritual amnesia can kind of sit in at times. When, when the mess hits the fan, we go crazy, okay? When our order at Chick-fil-A don't come fast enough, you know, we, we, we tend to let the teller know what's going on, okay? We tend to forget in a situation of craziness. We tend to forget who we are in a time of, of pressure. And that's kind of what I'm here to, here to kind of talk about. I want to talk to you about pressure. The pressures of life. We, we face pressure all the time, right? Each and every day we face pressure. This week for me, honestly, a little extra pressure was having to get up here and speak to you this morning. There was some pressure there. There's a lot of pressure to get up here and, and do this. And I, and I felt like over the last few years, as I've gotten older, I've begun to, to struggle more and more uh, around being around a group of people. 
Like Friday night, me and my wife were on a date. We're, we're at the movie theater, and we're standing in line, and, and uh, there's a lot of, lot of people in there. And, you know, it was loud, and I, I was trying to zone in on our conversation. And before, we had even, before I even knew it, we have gotten up to the front of the line, and the lady goes, what can I get for you? And I just go, I'm, it, you know how awkward it's getting right now? It's even more awkward in that moment. And she's staring at me, and then the next thing I know, my wife's snapping me out of it, and I look, and I'm like, you're going to have to order for me. I just, I, I froze up. There's pressure up here, and, 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 and I hope y'all don't mind if I share a little bit about what I'm going through here lately, if that's okay. Okay, good, because I was going to anyway. <laughs> but I want to talk to you about something this morning that, that I try to practice every day. And in fact, if you were to go home right now and, and look at my laptop, there's a little notepad that's been there almost 10 years, and it's got these couple points I'm going to share with you this morning. This is something that, that, that I practice each and every day. I actually sent it to the uh, Kaylee and Jared yesterday on accident. They can, be, they can verify that story. But it's something that I use each and every day. Everyone in here this morning is, is being pressured by life. We could talk about all the different types of pressure, all the different types of uh, pressure that life can bring, uh, bring on us. We could talk about physical pressure. We could talk about emotional pressure, spiritual pressure, relationship pressure. The list goes on and on. But I, but I, I don't want to talk about the different types of pressure. But I want to talk about this morning what to do when the pressure comes. Because the pressure is going to come. Whatever pressure you face this morning, whatever life has brought you, whatever giant you're standing in front of today, if you can put this into practice, I believe 100% it will begin to change your mindset when you encounter troubles in life. In 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 8, Paul is talking to us here, and he says, we don't want you to be uninformed, brothers and sisters, about the troubles we experience in the province of Asia. We're under great pressure, far beyond our ability to endure. We despaired of life itself. Indeed, we, we felt we had received the sentence of death, but this happened that we might not rely on ourselves, but on God, who raises the dead. He has delivered us from such a deadly peril, and he will deliver us again. On him we set our hope that we can continue to deliver us as you help us by your prayers. The many will give thanks on our behalf for this gracious favor granted to us in answered prayer of many. Lord, we come to you this morning. We thank you that your presence is already in this room. God, we thank you that that presence brings hope. God, it brings deliverance. It brings freedom. And God, we just thank you that you're in the room. God, we pray this morning that you open up our eyes. God, we open up our ears for what you would have us change in our lives this morning. God, let us not leave here the same as we walked in, but let us walk out of here different, changed. God, let us be an example in our community of what your saving power can do. And everybody said, amen. If you ever felt like giving up, yeah, just saying forget all this. I'm, I'm throwing it away. I'm, I'm, I'm throwing in the towel. I, 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 I give up. Have you ever felt like every time you, you turned around, something else is broke? 
something else is late, something is going wrong with someone or something in your life? Have you ever felt like every time you turn around, you're disappointing someone new? Like you just can't get it right? You, every, every time you turn around and you try to make a change, you just end up disappointing someone else? Have you ever had a hard time sleeping at night and you're just, you're laying in bed and, and you're just, life's pressures have gotten so tough that, that it's keeping you up, but you're too broken and weak just to, to get out of the bed. You're just laying there and you're afraid because, man, you're wondering, will tomorrow bring more pain? Will it bring more pressure? Because I'm at my breaking point. You just find yourself going through life going, man, will this ever change? Or is this what life is about? Just constantly feeling defeated. Pressed down by life's pressures. I want you to notice verse 8. It says, we don't want you to be uninformed, brothers and sisters, about the troubles we experienced in the province of Asia. We were under great pressure, far beyond our ability to endure so that we despaired of life itself. You know, I'm so glad Paul is, is kind of being open and honest with us right here because sometimes I feel like I'm the only one facing this thing called pressure. Yeah. Sometimes I find myself in a season of life and I'm like, am I the only one that finds themselves losing their mind at the movie theater when I go up to try to order something? I mean, is there anybody that, that, that is struggling? Is there anybody that, that, that finds themselves dealing with anxiety or depression in the morning? I mean, am I the only one? No. We're all struggling, right? If Paul, the guy who is writing this, is going through some trouble, then surely me, the reader who's reading this, is going to go through some trouble, right? We're going to encounter some pressure. Verse 8 says, we were under great pressure, far beyond our ability to endure. Paul is struggling in this passage. My dude is under some pressure. They've done got themselves into something. I mean, Paul is saying we're under great pressure, far beyond our ability to endure. Let me ask you, are you, are you good under pressure? Or are you, you struggle under pressure? You know, I, I like to say I used to be real good under pressure. I'm like, procrastination is my game, Joker, because, look, I get in, and the last second I make it, I come through every time. Now, after Friday night, I'm just going to tell you the story on Friday night. I'm taking my wife. We're going, we're going on a date. We're at the theater. And uh, we're in line. It's a long line. And I'm, I'm, I'm being smooth, okay? I'm cracking my jokes. I'm smiling. I'm <laughs> trying to flutter my eyes, you know. I'm, I'm, I'm laying the groundwork. And uh, we're, we're laughing. And, and I'm just, I'm, there's, there's so much commotion. I'm talking to her, but I can, I can hear other people talking. And I'm thinking about their conversation. And I know there's somebody we know in the other line. And I'm thinking about, huh, what are we thinking about? Or what they're thinking about? What movie they're going to? And all this is going through my head. And we get up to that front of the line, like I was saying. And then she's like, what can I get for you? And I'm like, excuse me, what can I get for you? Then my wife, she, she actually hits me. Babe, what is wrong with you? And I'm like, I'm sorry, you're going to have to order for me. And she's like, Psh. and then she gets the order, and we walk off from the line, and she's like, you got to go see a doctor, go get tested, something. 
she didn't say that, but it's my story, and I'm going to tell it like I want. But there's, there's pressure. We, we, we face pressure. For me, pressure this morning, getting up and talking to you, for you this morning, it might be a college exam that's coming up. Maybe it's a job that you've been trying to get. Maybe your, your marriage is going through a tough time. Maybe that financial decision didn't turn out like you hoped. Maybe you find yourself steering a ship that you thought you were never meant to steer. Whatever it may be, each and every one of us right now are under some life pressure. I want to share with you just a couple of things that I feel like if you can apply into your life, when times get tough, it'll make it just a little bit easier. The first thing is to look back. Look back. Say, look back. Come on, look back. Come on, look back. There we go. Look back. Look back and remember. That's the first thing. Look back and remember. And I know that's like weird to say. I mean, as we've grown up, it's always kind of like the norm. We're always constantly talking about looking ahead, pressing forward, going towards the, the goal. Keep your eye on the mountain. It's always pressing forward. Don't look back. But this morning, I want to try to change your perspective a little bit. I, I want you, uh, everyone, to do one thing for me. I just want you to close your eyes for a minute. Just everyone close their eyes. Let's not make it awkward. I see you in the back row. You still got your eyes open. No, everybody close. Just for a moment, I want you to just begin to picture that last time in your life where stuff had hit the fan, where the pressures of life had gotten too, too tough, that day, that hour, that season, where you felt overwhelmed. And what did God do in that situation? Now, look, I want everybody to look back at verse 8. We don't want you to be uninformed, brothers and sisters, about the troubles we experienced in the province of Asia. We were under great pressure, far beyond our ability to endure. Paul here, he's, he's in Asia. They're, they're going through a, a tough time. And, and you know, I, I don't know what's going on here. And I I'm, I'm, uh, assume that there's been plenty of smarter people than me that's come before me, that's tried to kind of uh, figure out what was going on. But we don't know what's going on. And I, I don't think that's really the important part. I don't think really that's what we really need to be focusing on. I don't really believe that Paul really cares for us to know what's going on. He just wants to realize that, hey, we're under great pressure. Hey, we're in Asia, stuff's gone down, and we are in trouble. That word despaired in verse 8, it's neat. It translates no way out. No way out. Paul was saying, I've, I, I'm under great pressure and there's no way out. We've tried to go up. We've tried to go down. We've tried to go forward, backwards, left, and right, and we're still stuck. There's no way out. Is there anybody in here this morning that finds themselves in a situation where you've tried to go left, you've tried to go right, you've tried to go forward, and there, you feel like there's no way out? And that's what Paul's saying here. We've tried everything, and we're, we're trapped. We've tried every program, every study, everything that social media has tried to tell us to do, and there's no way out. We despair life itself. But I love 
Man, I love what I see here in verse 10. There's, there's a shift here. It says in verse 10, he has delivered us from such a deadly peril, and he will deliver us again. Y'all missed it. Verse 8, he's talking about how much trouble, how much pressure, how much they despair at life. And then in verse 10, we see Paul saying, hey, he has delivered us from such a deadly peril, and he will deliver us again. Paul is in a difficult situation. He's tried everything. There's no way out. He's despairing at life itself. But then Paul begins to, to look back. He begins to look back over the seasons of his life, and he begins to see how good God is. He begins to remember how faithful God is. And he said, man, if God has did it for me, then he is going to do it for me now. And I'm here to tell you this morning that we worship a same God that did it before, and he's going to do it this morning. I'm really nervous, but uh, I'm super passionate about this. He remembers when God pulled him out of a situation in the past and he say, man, if he did it for me then, he's, he, he can do it now. In, uh, in 1 Samuel chapter 17, it's a story we all know. It's David and Goliath. David, at this point, he's a little shepherd's boy. He's, he's out kind of doing his thing and uh, looking after his father's sheep. His brothers are off fighting the Philistines. And so he packs up a lunch one day and goes, goes down to the army, and, and uh, this is Tyler's rendition of the story, okay? And so you got the Philistines on one side. You, you have the Israelites on another, and, and um, David shows up, and he begins to hear murmuring through the camp about the soldiers talking about, man, there's this giant on the other side that's basically making fun of them, calling them punks, calling them sissies, tell them they're not good fighters, and they're going to get their tail whooped when they come out on this battlefield, okay? Talking trash. I like to think so. I'm a good trash talker, so I'm hoping, you know, I'm just kind of putting that in there. And David's listening, and soldiers are talking. They're like, man, this guy, whatever. And then Goliath gets in and talking about the Lord. Oh, your God is weak. He can't do nothing. You serve a foolish God. Then the, then the soldiers start getting really scared. They start, they start talking more about what, what's going on. But, but David... See, David's like, no, nah, this ain't going to happen. Y'all may be getting punked out right now, but no, no, no. He can talk about my brothers. He can talk about my, he can talk about my mom. But when he talks about my Lord, I'm going to do something about it. Y'all can sit around here and do nothing, but this little shepherd boy is going to go do something. So he goes up. He goes into the king's tent, king song, and... He's like, hey, look, king, if you ain't going to go do it, I'm going to go take care of this giant. And in verse 33 of the 17th chapter, or the seventh, yeah, first Samuel chapter 17, I'm sorry. In verse 33, Saul says to David, you're not able to go out against this Philistine and fight him. You're only a young man, and he's been a warrior from his youth. But David said to Saul, your servant has been keeping his father's sheep. When a lion or a bear 
came and carried off a sheep from the flock, I went after it. I struck it. I rescued the sheep from its mouth. And when it turned on me, I seized it by its hair, struck it, and killed it. Your servant has killed both the lion and the bear, and this uncircumcised Philistine will be like one of them. But he has defiled the armies of the living God. The Lord who rescued me from the paw of the lion and the paw of the bear will rescue me from the hand of this Philistine. Come on, David was pretty, I like that. I'm like, come on, David, I want to get out there and fight him now. David was, was, was looking back and he was remembering. He was looking back at the time that he was facing that bear and he was facing that lion. Some of you this morning, you're standing in front of your Goliath. You're standing in front of some great pressure. And I'm here to tell you this morning to look back and remember, to, to notice, man, something seems similar. I've been here before. We've just got done singing about it. The same God who, who, who healed your relationships, who delivered your child, who brought you out of that financial situation. The same God that removed the, the chains of addiction off your life. He's going to do it again. I like the History Channel. Um, like learning about World War II, and, and I was flipping through one day, and they were, I think it was like called Hell Week, it was, they were, it was like a Navy SEAL show, and uh, it's really cool, I feel like I could be like one of them, personally, um, <laughs> not really, I'm not man enough, I'm just going to go and tell the truth, uh, but they, uh, this show's going on, and man, they're, they're it's crazy. These guys have lost their mind. They're, they're, they're marching miles and miles on end for days in and days out at night during the day. There's harsh temperatures. I mean, they're taking them to the desert. They're taking them to like real cold places. And they're, they're putting them through the ringer here. They're, they're carrying those packs. There's people yelling at them. They got gunfire, they're, they're, they're crawling underneath uh, like those barbed wire, and they're shooting rounds over them, and, and I'm like, these guys, I thought I was crazy. These guys are on a whole nother level. But, but what, I, what captured me, man, what really drew me in, and I've heard my cousin, he serves in the Army, he said something similar to this. So why, why would you do that? I said, no matter what happens or whatever comes across, when the stuff hits the fan and all hell breaks loose, they remember their training and how impossible it felt in that moment. And they made it through that moment. And just like they made it through during their training, they find themselves in that firefight. And their mind goes, hey, you made it before? You're going you're gonna to come out again. Just like you were traveling miles on end with packs and heavy and you're tired and your legs have been weak and you, you can barely take another step and you're throwing up, they're going, man, I've made it through, so I'm going to make it through this firefight. Some of us, man, we need to remember the last time we faced pressure. Some of us, we, we need to remember the last time we, we couldn't pay our bills, but God brought you through. We need to remember the last time we were laying on our back sick in that hospital room, but then God came in and, 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 and would make you well. God healed you. 
You need to remember the last time that you were haunted by the decisions of your life and God came in and renewed your mind. God has delivered you from broken childhoods, from traumatic experiences, terrible uh, uh, situations. It was God who delivered you and now I'm saying just like he did it before, he's going to do it again. He's saying I'm the same God. I'm not just the God of yesterday, but I'm God of yesterday, today, and tomorrow. I'm looking back. Say, look back. Come on, look back. That's almost good. Look back. Look back. The second thing I want you to remember when times get tough is I'm better. Say, I'm better. Come on, I'm better. Come on, I'm better. Come on, speak that over yourself and into your situation. I'm better. I know you don't really believe it, but I'm going, to, I'm going to get you there. You see, we often never really come to the conclusion and discover that pressure can bring about something in our life. Pressure can bring about something in our life. And I know what you're kind of thinking is, oh, yeah, pain in my rear. No, that's not what I'm talking about. Romans 5.3 says, not only this. But with joy, let us exalt in our sufferings and rejoice in our hardships, knowing that hardship produces patient endurance. This is a neat part. I love this. Hardship right there can translate pressure. So I want to reread this scripture. Not only this, but with the joy, let us exalt in our sufferings and rejoice in our pressure, knowing that pressure produces endurance. There are times in our life where it takes pressure to produce something in us. A lot of times it takes pressure to produce something that we've been praying for. A lot of times it takes pressure to produce something that God has been wanting to bring out of us. Sometimes it takes pressure. We see David. He's Little shepherd's boy, he showed up, he brought his brother lunches, he's uh, listened to the murmuring of the soldiers talk about Goliath, he's heard Goliath come out and, 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 and talk smack on the army and, and, and talk smack on their Lord, and, and now David's in the tent, and he's going, man, I gotta take care of this Goliath, and now the, his king is telling him, no, no, you can't do it. And David's like, no, I'm gonna do it. So a little bit more, Saul says, okay, if you're going to go out there, then look, I, I want you to, to put on my armor. Here's the king's armor, and, 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 and I want you to put on and go out and fight him. And what did David do? He didn't, he didn't go out with the armor on, did he? No, he said, man, this, this doesn't fit right. I, I got I to gotta go to the stream out there and gather, gather me five smooth stones. See, there's a message there about not facing hardships with someone else's anointing, but David went out to gather five, five smooth stones because that's what he was used to. That's what he was comfortable with. And we all know the story. David begins to run down and uh, running towards uh, Goliath, and he releases the stone. And what happens? The stone hits him in the head, and he falls down, and then he pulls out Goliath's sword, and he, he cuts off the head of a Goliath, and he says, who shall mark my God? Who shall mark my God? And, and, and we see David. David, he, he showed up a little shepherd's boy. But what did he do? He left that scene a victor. You see, he showed up 
a shepherd's boy, but then he left a champion. And and, and maybe y'all aren't really kind of understanding where I'm going this morning, but this morning you've showed up defeated, but I'm here to tell you, you can leave here with victory. I'm here to tell you this morning, you may have showed up sick in your body, but you can leave here healed. You've showed up bound by addiction. Well, let me tell you, you can be free. Bound by depression and anxiety, you can leave here with joy and happiness that radiates off you and radiates onto people around you that's struggling just like you. Ooh, I don't know why I got down here. I just got excited. You've showed up in one position, but I'm telling you, you can leave here in a different position. We serve a God that can do the miraculous. I'm going to calm down. But it's cool because, you know, God, he, he, could, have, he could have delivered Daniel from the lion's den. He could have delivered Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego from the fiery furnace. He could have delivered Paul and Silas, which is one of my favorite stories. Hey, uh, and, and in the Bible, they, he could have delivered them from the prison. But no, what did God do? He delivered them while they were in the lion's den, while they were in the fiery furnace, while they were in prison, because God knows that his people are better under pressure. I want you to realize that it's not just the people you read about that are better, but you are better under pressure. Say with me, I am better. Come on, I am better. It doesn't matter whether you're facing spiritual, emotional, physical, mental, you're better. Jesus is at the Garden of Gethsemane, and we all know the story. He's praying there. I think Pastor Chad referenced it a few weeks ago and said that some people have even tried to say that he was, that the drops of sweat was drops of blood that was coming off his forehead. He was just under great pressure, and we see even, even Jesus crying out to the Father, going, man, if, if this thing can pass for me, let it pass. He's under great pressure. Let's all stand this morning. I think this is a good place to end. Pastor Chad, do you mind coming up, please? Do you know what Gethsemane means? Garden of Gethsemane, Gethsemane means? It means olive press. The only way to receive the oil is to squeeze the olive. The only way to get the oil is to press the olive. To get the oil, you got to press. I'm looking around, some of you starting to get it. You have to press the olive to get the oil. Some of you are facing the pressures of life, but where the 
pressure is, the, the, the power is coming. Where the pressure is, the, the breakthrough is coming. Where the pressure is, deliverance is coming. Where there's great pressure, there's great power. Pain may endure for a night, but joy comes in the morning. Some of you need to tell your Goliath this morning. You've mocked me. You've beat me up. You got me in a season of life where I am embarrassed and I feel like I'm in front of everybody and a spotlight is on me. But I'm better. Goliath, I'm better. I didn't foresee myself in this situation. I'm troubled now. I'm broken now. But I got the revelation that the more you're squeezing me is the more you're squeezing something that God has put on the inside of me. You're built for this. You're better. You've been made for a time as this. this morning somebody this morning that's in the thick of it I want you to embrace the pressure because God's about to do something in you what the enemy meant for harm he's turning around for your good he's doing something new this morning. struggling with this last part. Um, like I have a word, Pastor Chad, for the church. Um, following the word that was given this morning before worship was over, this week I've been thinking about 
a story in the Bible, and it was something I really kind of wanted to preach, and I left it alone. And um, it's in Second Kings chapter four about a Shunammite woman who was who made dinner for the prophet Elisha, and um, he started coming so much they built a room onto the house so that he could the prophet could stay there and. And uh, one night the prophet's staying there and she, the, the mother, the, the, or not the mother, the woman who's been cooking, this Shunanite woman, this wealthy Shunanite woman cooking dinner for him goes up and he begins to, to talk to her. Well, he is talking to a servant and then the servant's talking to her and they're all in the same room. She's up there just there to serve him. See, but the Lord knew that she had a desire in her heart, desire to have a son. And Elisha in that bedroom said, this time next year, you're going to have a son. And what happened? What do you think happened? She had a son, beautiful son. That promise, that dream finally came to pass. But it was years later and One day they were out in the field and the boy became sick and fell. And the father said, get the son to his mother. That mother held that dead baby in her hands. Her dream, her promise, What she felt like God called her to do in this world is now gone. She doesn't take her son out and bury him and weep and go, oh, poor pitiful me. But she girds up and she begins to head to the man of God, the prophet Elisha to the presence that brought her gift. It wasn't Elisha's presence, it was the Lord's presence. And as she began to travel to Elisha, people began to ask her, hey, is everything well? Is it well with your husband? It's well. Is it well with your family? It's well. Is it well with your son? It's well. And that just stands out to me. Her, Her son's dead. Her dream is dead. Her calling is dead. And she's going, it is well. But she gets to the prophet Elisha and the prophet's servant comes out and says, is it well with you? She says, yes, it is. It's well. But my son's sick and dead. Elisha, he raises the boy from the dead. And this is kind of where I'm getting to this morning. And this is the word that, that some of us in this room, we're, we're, we're holding on to that dream and, 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 and that, that calling that, that we feel like the Lord has given us so many years ago, but, but now it's dead. And I'm just here to tell you this morning that the same God that gave that baby to you, the same God that gave that dream and stilled that, 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 that call for this community, Pastor Chad, that, that, that spirit, that, 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 
that burn that he gave for for this community in this area i'm just here to tell you that that it's not over it's not done that the same god that put that on the inside of you that put that inside of you chuck and and philip williams he's not done he's not done he's not done with this church we still got a community to reach there's people out there that are hurting and dying and need to hear the message that we got It was me two years ago, living in a third story apartment, feeling like my call was done, that I'd messed up too much and it was over. But it took a church that wasn't yet planted, but is today, to remind me of how good God is and that his mercy and grace is new each and every day. And just because someone says that the Lord won't bless it, doesn't mean that he will. It's not over. The same God that brought you out before can bring you out this time. The same God that gave you that vision, that dream, can bring it to pass still. Let's pray, God, thank you for reminding us that we face the pressures of life before, but man, we've come out stronger. And in the middle of the storms we face, God, we know that we're not alone. You are our refuge in the storm. We acknowledge that the pressure we face molds us and refines us and shapes us lord give us the strength and the grace to face each and every day with courage and strength help us to remember all the times in our past where you've continued to be faithful god i pray over each and every one in here today that is facing the pressures of life god i pray that they'll find comfort in your love and strength god give them peace and knowing that you will grant them the wisdom and overcome any challenge in their life. God, as we leave, may the lessons from today continue to echo through our week, knowing we're better under pressure. May we be a source of encouragement and support to those around us. And now I pray, may the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. May the Lord turn his face towards you and give you. Supernatural.